How's it going, everybody? Got a great episode for you today. Going to be talking about a few different movies as well as a couple shows. So, let's get into it. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Before I talk about any of the topics I have today, I want to talk about a little bit of movie news. Um, a lot of this is um, a little bit old at this point, but some people might not have heard about it. So Black Panther 2 is officially titled Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We also got confirmation that the sequel to Captain Marvel will be called Captain Marvels. Um, so yeah, a couple big pieces of news there. We also got a bunch of release dates just confirming when all these movies are going to come out for the Marvel movies and such. Um, also, in Marvel news, James Gunn and Dave Bautista confirmed that the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie will be the last one that they'll work on. Um, it makes sense to me, uh, at least with James Gunn, Dave Bautista, you know. Um, I think he has a lot of things he could do. He's going to be in that Army of the Dead movie. Um, so I, I don't think he'll run out of work. Same with James Gunn. But it's a little disappointing. I like Drax as a character, and I really like James Gunn as a director. So it's, again, disappointing. But it also makes sense. They're, you know, going to have these three movies with the holiday special coming out before the third. So, essentially, you're going to get four movies. I don't know how long the holiday special is supposed to be. I don't think it'll be a full-length movie, but you never know. Um, but, yeah, a little bit of sad news there, but also, you know, understandable. Um, next piece of news here. James Gunn shared art from the for the Suicide Squad, showing the team fighting the villain Starro. The artist is Marcelo Dam, and the uh, the art is inspired by the cover of the Brave and the Bold number twenty eight, depicting the Justice League in the midst of their battle against the same villain. So yeah, you can go check that out. Um, I believe it was on Instagram, but I could be wrong. Go check out that uh, that picture of the Suicide Squad fighting Starro. And then check out the picture of the Justice League doing the same. And you'll be like, oh yeah, love this. Inspiration coming right from the source pretty much. Um, so I thought that was really cool. In other news, we got our first official teaser trailer for Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Um... I thought the trailer was pretty good. Wasn't the biggest fan of the first Venom movie, but I have high hopes for this this uh, sequel here, just because. I mean, it looks to it looks to me like they're embracing the goofiness 
that the first film kind of took a little too seriously. Um, also, it's going to be directed by Andy Serkis. Haven't seen any of his uh, any of his movies that he's directed. I'm uh, not entirely sure if he's directed more than one other one. I know he directed that Mowgli movie, which I believe was on Netflix. Um, didn't see that, but I love Andy Serkis. I think he's great, so I have high hopes for this movie. Also, Woody Harrelson looks a lot less ridiculous in this movie than he did at the end of the first Venom movie. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's going to be good. I, again, have high hopes for it, but yeah, I can't have hopes too high because a lot of these Sony movies can either be really good or just really not good. I, w I wouldn't say awful, but, you know, you know their track record. You know, Spider-Man 3 was, was pretty horrendous. Uh, but I didn't think it's the worst movie, you know, there's still things to enjoy about it, but it, it makes me a little bit worried just knowing their track record, but I have, I, again, for the third time, or however many times I said it, I have high hopes for this movie, um, it looks fun, I like the character of Eddie Brock, and also having Venom, they kind of have like a, a bromance going on there. Um, Woody Harrelson and uh, Carnage in general just looks really amazing. Um, there's one other villain in there. I can't remember her name. But that's the part of the movie that has me a little bit worried. Just like trying to shove too many villains in here. Uh, I know it's only like two right now, but still... I don't know, something about it just makes me a little bit worried that they're trying to shoehorn this other other character in there. But hopefully it'll turn out good. I'll definitely watch it when it comes out. And yeah, go check out the trailer. Another piece of news here. Looks like Dave Bautista and Edward Norton are casted in the next Knives Out movie. Um, I'm excited for this movie because I really love the first Knives Out. And they're all they're all gonna be coming to Netflix, so it's gonna be even easier for a lot of people to watch it. Um, their roles are not yet known, but makes me excited for the sequel. And that's pretty much all for news. There is a lot of news on the twenty twenty two Golden Globes being canceled, um, but I typically try not to cover somewhat controversial or negative kind of things. I don't think it's negative. I think it's a positive because of what's going on, they're trying to make it more inclusive, um, but, yeah, I don't really, I don't, I don't really know enough, I mean, I, like, read some articles on it, but not enough to, like, kind of tell you exactly what's going on, I guess I'll just give you a brief kind of thing on it, um, so basically, uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but, like, the people that decide who wins and who doesn't, they're, uh, a lot of people are boycotting the Golden Globes and, and other award ceremonies and stuff like that for not being diverse enough, um, specifically Golden Globes in this sense, 
Uh, again, I really don't know a whole lot. I did know that uh, Tom Cruise returned three of his Golden Globes. I think he only had three. Um, <laughs> he's just hanging on to one. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, it sounds like he returned them in 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 light of the whole boycott the globe. Sorry, I got hiccups. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, the whole boycott the Golden Globes. A lot of celebrities are doing it. And Tom Cruise is just following the trend. I wonder if more celebrities are going to return their Golden Globes. Because I know there's still a lot out there that still have them. But, um, yeah. That's a whole thing going on. But I don't really know enough about it to go into detail or anything. So that's why I'm not really fully talking about it. So if you want to know what's going on with that, you can definitely look it up. It's all over the internet. You can figure out what's going on. I just didn't take enough time to really go into it, and I didn't... I mean, it's not that I don't care, it's just that I try to stick to just, like, movie news and TV news and stuff, and sometimes some celebrity news here and there. Um, but I don't really worry about cer award ceremonies that much. Like, um, the Oscars this year, I didn't even cover that, because I just didn't feel like it. Um... I'm a little disappointed that Nomadland uh, won Best Picture. I thought it was a good movie, but I didn't think it was the best out of all the choices. I would have chosen Sound of Metal, which is a very great movie. If you haven't watched it, go check that out. Or um, Judas and the Black Messiah. I think Trial of the Chicago 7 was one of them. That was a really good movie. I like that movie a lot. But um, I understand why Nomadland won. But I would have preferred something else to win. Also, I, no shade to Anthony Hopkins or anything, but I would have preferred that Chadwick Boseman won Best Actor for his role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, I mean, it's not the biggest deal, and the family of Chadwick Boseman even said that there's no hard feelings or anything against that. I thought Anthony Hopkins was amazing in The Father, Um that movie was heartbreaking, and I fucking loved it. Um, I mean, it's not my favorite movie of of last year or whenever it came out. Um, but I do think it's it has its own place in the award ceremony, so I'm happy about him winning that at least. But again, I would have preferred Chadwick Boseman won just because, not only because he died, but his performance in that movie was amazing, and one of his best, for sure. Um, he was also really great in 42. I haven't watched a whole lot of his movies. I know I haven't seen uh, Get On Up. Um, I can't really think of a whole lot that he's in right now. I'm kind of blanking, but I know he's in a lot. He was in that uh, 21 Bridges or whatever it was called. That movie wasn't that great, but he was pretty good in it. Um, Yeah, so that's all for news. Let's get into talking about some TV shows, how about? Um, let's just start with The Bad Batch, the new Star Wars show. It's a spinoff of the Clone Wars series. I've only watched a bit of that. I don't really feel like watching all those seasons. There's a lot of episodes that I'm just like, this is too childish. I know it gets a little more mature as it goes on, um, but I just don't have the patience for that, really. Uh, yeah, Bad Batch. 
Um, the first two episodes are out, so I'll be talking about that. The next episode comes out on Friday. And the first episode was about an hour and like close to 20 minutes long, I think. It was a very long episode, but um, it was a really strong way to start the series. I liked a lot of the characters in there. Let me pull up the uh, the cast, or not really the cast, but like, because I don't remember all the character names. I know one of them was Tech, um, and you can pretty much assume what his role is. He's the techie. He's the, you know, the guy who's good with technology. Uh, you also have, oh, wait. Yeah, it's not going to say all the names on here because it's all voiced by one person. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, they're all voiced by the same person because clones are clones. <laughs> and uh, they all, I mean, they all have varying looks, but essentially they're all the same, like, they're all the same copy of the same person, which, if I'm not mistaken, I believe... The clones are were created from uh, Django Fett. I could be wrong, but I think that's what I've heard, is that all the clones stemmed from Django Fett, which is Boba Fett's father. Um, so yeah, I, I know quite a bit about the, the prequels, I would say. Uh, I like the prequels a lot more now. For some reason, I don't really know why. I mean, they're not great, but they have some really strong moments. Um, specifically, Order 66, which if you don't know, it's when all the clones were told to kill the Jedis by Emperor Palpatine. I don't think he was the Emperor at that point, but... Yeah, basically the slaughter of so many Jedis and not a whole lot were left. Obi-Wan being one of the ones that are left... Um, Anakin, although he wasn't really, uh, trying to think, was he a Jedi still at that point? I think so. Pretty sure, but I could be wrong. No, I think he was still a Jedi at that point. I believe that either happened in Attack of the Clones or it was probably Revenge of the Sith, actually, where that happened. Um, but this show takes place pretty much right before it happens and then it shows that it's happening it doesn't get as violent but it's still pretty pretty brutal um and basically the bad batch they don't have the inhibitor chip i believe they called it um that made them just un uh, without question just following orders which is what a lot of the clones did but you have a group of basically five clones, I think it was, uh, called the Bad Batch that didn't have that chip. So they're pretty much free will thinking. So they don't end up killing Jedis. They're just as confused as the other Jedis when it happens. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where the show starts pretty much. Um, just them having to leave and run from the rest of the people because they didn't follow orders but they weren't really filled in on the orders either so they didn't know what was going on um but yeah it was a brutal scene there 
I have to say the young Jedi, the Padawan that was there in the beginning, they didn't try at all to make him sound young. It He sounded like a grown man, but he was like shorter than everybody else. They didn't even try to make him sound like a child. Um, I mean, he had moments where he kind of sounded like he could be a kid, but it very obviously just sounded like a grown man voicing a kid. And I don't know. I wasn't too impressed with that. And I was hoping he wouldn't be the character that, that um, you know, is a main character, which he is not. Um, spoiler alert there, but it's not a huge spoiler. You have a character called Omega, which I believe she was going to grow up to be a clone, if I'm not mistaken. But um, she's still a kid. She goes off with the Bad Batch. Can't remember exactly where they picked her up. But that happened. Um, the second episode was pretty good. It. I, I don't really want to go into two specific kind of details here. Other than... You know, it has the team kind of trying to be parents in a way and like, you know, kind of be parental figures in her life. And it's not the easiest for some of them because they're soldiers, not not like, you know, caretakers or anything like that. There are some of the clones that are better at it than others, but at the end of the day, they're still soldiers. So it's not like they were equipped to raise a child. Um, but yeah, kind of deals with a little bit of that. Had some really sweet moments in the second episode that I liked a lot. Um, the second episode wasn't too crazy. It was a lot shorter than the other, or the first episode. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there's going to be 13 episodes in the uh, in the season, I'm pretty sure. So I'll try to cover, I'm probably not going to cover every episode. In I'll, I'll probably wait to uh, cover the rest of the season when it's over. Just because it's not like a Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision where you have some crazy fucking shit happen every episode. It's a pretty simple story there's there's crazy things that happen but not like i don't know it's a cartoon so it's not with invincible actually did i cover i can't remember if i covered like specific episodes of invincible i think i might have waited until it was all out um that was a great show and definitely worth talking about for each episode but for this show, it's it's pretty straightforward, and it's still pretty much a kid's show, um, although it does have darker and more mature themes, like the Order 66 that happens in the beginning. Um, but yeah, overall, I really enjoyed uh, the characters in this, and the animation I thought was really good, too. Um other than that, it didn't completely blow me away, but I'm still I'm still going to watch the rest of the episodes and cover it on the podcast when it's over, but it's not something I really want to cover week to week, so um yeah, there's my my two cents on that. Um not a whole lot else to say, really. 
but it's a good show. And if you like Star Wars, if you like Clone Wars, um, you're going to like this. Um, and if you like Star Wars, I would say give this a chance because even if you don't really like Clone Wars, there's a lot more about this that I enjoyed than I enjoyed in Clone Wars. Um, one of the problems with Clone Wars and the prequels is it deals with a lot of politics and, um, I'm just really not a big fan of the politics of Star Wars. I mean, there's some stuff that's kind of interesting and it's, it's war. So it's like politics has to be in, in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the weak point for like any prequel, you know, show or movie for the Star Wars franchise is that there's just a lot of politics. Clone Wars doesn't have too much, but um, yeah, from what I've seen, I've, I haven't even gotten past the first season. It's just too childish for me. And uh, some of the animation I just think is not good, especially for Obi-Wan. His beard just looks ridiculous. So yeah, I've never been the biggest fan of that show, but I enjoyed the first two episodes of The Bad Batch and I recommend that you go check it out if you're a star wars fan um and if you're a clone wars fan you'll really like this if you're a star wars fan i think you'll like this even if you don't really like the clone wars that much which i don't blame you but uh yeah eventually i'll probably go ahead and just watch some some clone wars and try to get through that but for now it's it's not really something that i'm actively trying to pursue watching just not really my thing. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I mean, I know probably a lot more about Star Wars than most people. Well, I wouldn't say most people, but like, I know more than just the common person. Like, I grew up with Star Wars and know a lot of the characters and can understand easily, pretty easily, how things unfolded over time. Um, so yeah, I know quite a bit about Star Wars, more than the average person, but uh, yeah, I'm not like a diehard Star Wars fan. I still, there's so many things to love about Star Wars, but I'm more of a Marvel fan. So yeah, there's my two cents on the Bad Batch. All right, so the next show I'm going to talk about is the new Netflix original series called Jupiter's Legacy. It's based on a comic book. Um, let me look up the uh, creator of it real quick. Because he's also the creator of this show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me see. Based on the graphic novels by Mark Millar and Frank Quietly. Or Quietly, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Mark Millar is responsible for things like uh, the Kingsman movies and the Kick-Ass movies. Or maybe just one of the kick-ass movies. My bad. Or no, both. Um, looks like he had a hand in a lot of stuff. His hands in a lot of stuff. Um, he made the comic book of Civil War. So, yeah, there's there's that. Uh, along with Stephen McNiven. So, yeah, he, he has his hands in a lot of different, you know superhero properties comic books he he created the uh 
the um, Jupiter's Legacy. I'm pretty sure he created the, the comic, I mean. He created the comic book of Jupiter's Legacy, as well as, I'm pretty sure, the comic book of Kick-Ass. And I think even King... Sorry, got burp. Um, I believe he created the Kingsman. I'm pretty sure Kingsman is also a comic, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, the com based on the comic book, The Secret Service by Mark Millar and Dave Gibbons. Um, as well as, yeah. So basically both movies are based on that. Um, so yeah, again, had his hands in a lot of different, you know, comic book properties, I guess you would say. Um, even worked on, I guess the comic book of Old Man Logan is by him, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Based on the kit now. Yeah, based on the comic book Old Man Logan, which that movie is based off of. Uh, it's, it's, I haven't read the comic, but I know that the movie is quite a bit different. But I love that movie. It was really good. Also worked on Superman Red... Oh, he made the graphic novel of Superman Red Sun. So yeah, he's had a lot of work in comic books. So yeah, from what I've seen, that comic looks really good. And let me give you the plot synopsis right here. The first generation of superheroes kept the world safe for 90 years. Now the years are different. The world is changing and the enemies are getting stronger. It is time for the new generation of superheroes to accept the legacy of their fathers and to continue their work based on morality and justice. All right, so I'm going to tell you what I like about this series. I like the characters, most of them. Um, I like the flashback scenes. In fact, I think the uh, flashbacks to the Great Depression era, which is where the main character um of Sheldon Sampson uh let me let me check uh the utopian is his name he's basically this comic books version of superman except he's not from outer space none of these characters are from other planets um they're all they all started off as humans and they got their powers when they were grown up um so yeah after the stock market crash their uh their business goes under which uh walter sampson and sheldon sampson um their brothers and their father owned this steel mill i believe um i can't remember exactly when the great depression era was i think it was in like maybe the 30s late 30s or something like that um, into the forties, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, just like leave a comment or whatever on my post when I announce that this is out. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. And Sheldon Sampson slash the utopian is played by Josh Dumel, 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 I don't know. One of those, <laughs> um, which it's his first time being in a superhero fran or like property in general. Um, ben Daniels plays Walter Sampson, which is his brother, and also the hero Brainwave, 
which is a bit of a Professor X type, um, with, you know, tele telekinesis? Yeah, telekinesis, and then just, like, getting into people's minds. He, he has cool powers. Um, then you have Leslie Bibb, who is Sheldon's wife in the show, and also a character called Lady Liberty. Uh, kind of a little bit your, your Wonder Woman in a sense. Uh, I don't know, really know what Brainwave would be in terms of, um, like, DC heroes or anything like that. Maybe, like, Brainiac, but that's actually a villain. Um, also, I'm really not gonna spoil a whole lot because... I think this is worth people going to watch. It's not the best show, but it has a lot of elements in it that I really enjoyed. Um, anything that takes place in the past, I'm a sucker for. <laughs> I love anything that takes place, like, in the early 1900s to, like, I don't know, maybe 1990 or something like that. Um, anything that takes place in the past, I usually enjoy. So, that's where the flashbacks come in. And, uh, her regular name isn't Lady Liberty. It's Grace Kennedy Sampson. Um, she was a great character. And then you have Sheldon's son, and also Grace's son, Brandon Sampson, who is the Paragon. Um, kind of like his, pretty much like his dad in a way. Um. And then you have Elena, wait, yeah, I said Andrew Horton, right? Pretty sure. Elena Camp Camporis, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Chloe Sampson, which is the daughter. Um, you have Mike Wade as Fitz Small slash The Flare. His powers are pretty much just like light, I guess. I don't know how else I would describe it. Um... You have Matt Lanter as George Hutchins, which is Sheldon's longtime best friend, as the uh, superhero Sky Fox. Let's see. You have David Julian Hirsch as Blue Bolt slash Richard Conrad. Um, that's a bit of a spoiler to say, like, what his role is. So I'm just not going to say it. But he is one of the main six that got the superpowers so uh you have tyler main as black star which is one of the villains in the show you have ian quinlan as hutch which is actually uh george hutchins slash sky fox's son uh sorry about the helicopter going over you'll just have to deal with it tanika davis as petra slash the flare 2 which obviously would be fitz small's daughter um, Gracie Dezini, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Ruby Red. Uh, you have Conrad Coates as Captain Borges. He's not, doesn't play the biggest part in it, but still plays enough of a, a part. And I thought that was Kurt Wood Smith. Uh, the guy that played Red in that 70s show plays Old Man Miller. Again, small role, but still important. Um, Isa Nit Oh my god, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that very well. Isa Nitbarikure? Probably not saying it right, but yeah. As Ectoplex slash Sierra. Um, then you have Tyrone Benskin as Willie Small, which is Fitz Small's father. 
And that, I would say, is pretty much the main cast. You also have Anna Akana as Raikou. Um, yeah, that's as far as I'll go with that, because I don't want to, like, list off the whole fucking cast. That would take a while, but that's the main cast, pretty much. Um, yeah, how would I describe this show? I mean, it obviously goes back and forth between the present and the past, showing how the six main six got their powers initially, which pretty much takes the entire season to get to, which it's only eight episodes, but I wish they would have just set aside an episode to just go over the backstory. Um, but yeah, the backstory was amazing. That's the part of the show that I liked the most, and I mean... I don't really know how they're going to do flashbacks in the next season. I'm sure they will. Or maybe not. But I think the flashbacks kind of kind of took away from the main story at points because it was so so much better than the main story. The main story really wasn't that great and uh the two kids, Brandon and Chloe, they're just really annoying characters because their dad is out saving the world and they're like oh daddy was never there for me and shit like that it's just like he's a fucking superhero like he's gonna go save lives i get it he is not around to get you ice cream all the time but shit like he has a fucking hero and he's doing shit um and one of the big uh like i don't know how to exactly to say that one of the big kind of um What's the word I'm looking for? The dilemma in the show in modern day is that the code of not killing is somewhat outdated because these villains are actively killing off superheroes. Um, and you got people who are like, yeah, stick to the code. We have it for a reason. But then you have some other people, mostly the newer superheroes that are saying, this is outdated. They're killing us. They're plucking us off. And to not kill is hurting us more than, than helping. Or, yeah, basically. Um, so that's, that's definitely like one of the big problem areas. Well, not like a problem area as in like making the show bad. Cause I think it's a valid thing to, um, to kind of talk about in these kinds of properties of superheroes and shit like that. Because you do have uh, characters that don't want to kill at all. And they won't. But you also have characters that would kill, given the chance. But they can't because of the code. Um, so yeah, at this point the code's outdated because they're getting killed off. Um, I'm not going to say which characters are killed off or anything like that. But I will say it's not any of the main characters, really. So it's it's more like side superhero characters. So you don't have to worry about like Brandon or Chloe or the Utopian or Lady Liberty to be killed off. At least not in this first season. So um, that's a bit of a spoiler there. But also you can kind of assume because like they're the, they're the main characters. So... It, the main characters I would say is is uh, Sheldon, 
utopian um brandon the the paragon chloe which she has superpowers but she isn't actively actively a superhero she's kind of the black sheep of the family does a lot of drugs and drinks a lot and parties and shit like that and she's also a model um so yeah there's there's things about that that kind of make their uh their relationships a little strenuous but um yeah she she's uh she had a rough go of it for sure which i don't want to judge her for that even though she's just a character because there are people like that and um even even if their reasons for doing it aren't the most valid it's still where they're at in life and i don't want to judge because of that i think i i really hope that she becomes more of a good character um and starts doing more good and getting back with the family and not spending as much time away from them doing less drugs um and not drinking as much and going crazy i i overall pretty i don't know i liked her even though you're not supposed to really like her because of the choices that she's making and at times it's just like this whole daddy wasn't there excuse is kind of bullshit to a certain extent. It's just like you can't blame your dad for all your issues because a lot of this shit you you dug yourself into this hole. But at the same time, when somebody is that mentally fragile, um, you don't want to be the bad guy in that situation. But you also don't want to be too, you know, overbearing, which is kind of the problem with the the parents. It's not really a problem, but they just don't know how to handle it, and things are kind of spiraling for her. Then you have Brandon, and he basically wants to be his dad, and um, his dad doesn't really fully believe that he can do it. So there's a dilemma there, like... Am I good enough to be a superhero? So, yeah. Overall, I would say uh, I enjoyed the show. I really didn't like it in the first episode. I I hated it, honestly. I thought it was going to be bad. But as the episodes went on, I started to like it more and more and was more engaged with the story. Um, a lot of that had to do with the flashbacks. Um, any Any flashback scenes I really, really enjoyed because I'm a sucker for period pieces so yeah uh, I will say some of the makeup is not great for the aging on some of the characters like uh like Sheldon it doesn't look too bad but um with Brainwave his brother Walter um yeah I, I have to say some of the uh prosthetic not really prosthetics but just like the the wrinkles on his face and stuff like that just kind of looked a little fake but after a while I just kind of went with it um I would definitely watch the second season because I enjoyed what this was and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes because I think it has a lot of potential so yeah hopefully the second season gets a little bit more of a a budget than this one did I don't know the exact budget but hopefully they can approve upon some of the visual effects and the makeup um but overall i would say i really enjoyed it and uh 
this show has a lot of people divided. There's a lot of people that like it. There's a lot of people that love it. And there's a lot of people that don't like it and hate it. Um, for me, I enjoyed enough of this to make me want to watch the second season. So I guess you could say that I enjoyed it overall. Um, I got really engaged in the story. I was like reacting to a lot of the things going on like, oh shit, stuff like that. It is a very violent show. It, it doesn't have the most violence, but um, definitely not for kids, I would say. It kind of feels like a little more of a realistic take on superheroes, to be honest. Like, super-powered human beings having to deal with, like, modern day. One of the things I thought was crazy, Utopian, his whole thing is sticking to the code and not killing people. But at one point they said, like, 95% of people... Like, 95% of humans think that in order to make the world safer, you have to kill off the villains and kill when you need to. And, um, yeah, that's that's a huge dilemma for him because he doesn't want to do that. He's he's so hell-bent on not killing the villains that he'd let a lot of people die just so he didn't have to kill them. And uh, they kind of start to show the reasoning of why he's so anti-killing over the course of the eight episodes. And after a while, you start to really understand where he's coming from. But um, you also understand where a lot of the other characters are coming from, saying, no, we need to not stick to this code anymore because we are being killed off. Um, but yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Um I thought the story moved a little bit slow and just kind of jumped back a lot. I think if they would have had just one or two episodes to at least mostly focus on the backstory, then it maybe would have been a little more cohesive. But um, yeah, overall, I would say it's it's pretty good. Go check it out. The episodes aren't too long. They're about like 30 to 40 minutes each. And um, yeah, some a lot of the characters are... Very enjoyable, and uh, yeah. But that's just my opinion, because, again, there's a lot of people that really didn't like it, but for me, there was enough to enjoy about it where I would say I did like it. So, I mean, it has its flaws, but I feel like, for me at least, the good outweighs the bad. So, yeah, there's my review for Jupiter's Legacy Season 1 on Netflix. Now let's segue on from television to movies. Um, yeah, so this one's, I mean, it's not an old movie because it just came out, but, uh, it was from, like, last week, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, which is a 2021 Amazon original film and stars Michael B. Jordan along with Jamie Bell and Guy Pierce. Um, and I have to say, this movie, while it had really enjoyable action sequences and Michael B. Jordan was great. I thought Jamie Bell was good, but, um, overall it just, it didn't really grab me fully. Uh, it's not something I would watch again. Um, I don't know. It just didn't have a whole lot of personality to be honest. Um, 
again, Michael B. Jordan was a badass, but um, he was basically John Wick in this movie in a sense, but not like as OP as John Wick. Um, but still pretty, pretty OP, <laughs> but not just like God mode, really. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed Michael B. Jordan's performance in this, um, his, his, um, actions of what he is doing and why he's doing it makes sense. Uh, oh, sorry, another burp. Um, yeah, I'm not going to have a whole lot to say on this movie because, again, it just, it lacked personality. For me, at least. I thought it was a good action movie, but it was really underwhelming. And the the climax of the movie and the how it all wrapped up seemed a little predictable. Um, they were trying to make it seem like somebody else was going to be the villain, but it actually turned out to be someone else, but I, I kind of, kind of assumed that from the, some, not really the beginning, but like, I didn't fully know that the person that turned out to be the villain was the villain, but it, I don't know, it it didn't seem that, that, um, surprising to me at all when it happened. I was just like, yeah, I kind of had a feeling, um, so yeah, overall, if you want to go watch a good action movie and you have Amazon Prime, go check it out. And if you like Michael B. Jordan, which I do, I think Michael B. Jordan is one of the best actors in the game right now. Um, he was fucking amazing in Black Panther, great in the Creed movies. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he's been in. I know he's been in a lot. I know he was on The Wire, but I haven't watched that show yet. Um, I might get into it someday. It's I don't know. I prefer more like kind of... Uh, like, I guess I'm just kind of on a superhero kick right now with Invincible. And, oh, that's one other thing I want to say about Jupiter's Legacy. It is terrible timing for that to come out because we are right off the heels of fucking Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Invincible. So having another superhero show, I think the timing was just pretty bad. But, um, yeah, without remorse, it, it wasn't great. And I really wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't watch it again. But if you're looking for a a good action movie that's not, like, too groundbreaking and just kind of something you can throw on and watch and just kind of be like, ooh, action, you know, it's fine. But I don't know. It's not very good, to be honest. It it lacks a certain amount of personality. Uh, Michael B. Jordan pretty much carried the whole movie. So... Yeah, there you go. Uh, next movie I want to talk about is Mainstream, which just came out. Um, it stars Andrew Garfield, <laughs> Andrew Garfield, Nat Wolf, and uh, oh god, I always forget her name. Oh shit, Maya Hawk. That's it from uh, Stranger Things. Can't remember her name from that show though. It's been a while since I've watched Stranger Things. Uh, I might end up rewatching it before the next season comes out or rewatch it while the next season is out. I don't know. We'll see. But um it actually kinda gave me an idea. I should rewatch that. It's a pretty good idea. I'll have to look and see when the fourth season is coming out and just try to kind of uh calcul calculate it a little bit just so I can 
watch those first three seasons in a decent amount of time before the fourth comes out, because I do want to be on top of it once it comes out, you know? Um, but yeah, mainstream. This movie is basically about this guy named Link, uh, played by Andrew Garfield. You have Jake, played by Nat Wolf, and uh, Frankie, played by Maya, Maya Hawk. I almost said Maya Rudolph. <laughs> um, but basically, Maya... Fuck. Frankie is a content creator. She makes videos on YouTube, doesn't get a whole lot of views on them. One day, she meets Link and starts filming him going crazy in public, and it gets so many views to the point where Link and uh, and Frankie, along with Jake, start really putting time and effort into these YouTube videos, getting a bunch of views, and getting really popular really quick. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically what it's about. Um, you also have the last evil X from, from Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which let me get his name. Cause I can never remember it. I think it's like David Schwartzman. Uh, let me see. Or is it Jason Schwartzman? Where are you at boy? Yep, Jason Schwartzman as uh, Mark Schwartz, which is, he's basically like the person that you go to when you're trying to make m a bunch of money off of this shit. So, um, kind of, in a way, their manager. Um, after a while, they start to care about the content and less about the people. Their, mes <clears throat> their message, overall message is, uh, you know, lost in the... They're, basically, their message is to spend less time on your phone and on the internet. But essentially, what they're doing is making people spend more time on their phone and on the internet. So, their message that they're trying to send doesn't really go along with what they're doing. Um, but, they still gain a lot of success off of it. And uh, after a while, su success can go to people's heads which starts to happen with Link. Um, I liked this movie up until a certain point, and then it just kind of got, like, I don't know. It, they tried to go a little too crazy with it, I feel like. Um, you have some cameos in here from other YouTubers and celebrities, like Charles Melton has a cameo in there as himself. Uh, which, if you don't know, he was in that movie, uh, The Sun is Also a Star. He was on Riverdale as Reggie. Um, apparently he was in Bad Boys for Life. He's been in quite a bit of stuff. He's he's an up-and-coming actor. Um, but his most notable thing, I would probably say, is The Sun is Also a Star, which I haven't seen the movie, but the book is really good. Um... You also have Johnny Knoxville playing a character, Ted Wick. Uh, you have Natalie Love playing Lana, which I believe is supposed to be a, another YouTuber or something. Jake Paul is in it as himself, and Patrick Starr is in it as himself. Not not the one from SpongeBob, but I believe she's like a beauty... Or is she... Is it... Is she, I don't want to, like, misgender her. Or him, or whatever they go by. Um, 
I think they identify as she, um, beauty creator, pretty much, um, and there's sort of like the big, big, uh, cameos in there, I would say, oh, you also have, uh, Wanpa from YouTube, he's a pretty big guy, but, um, yeah, overall, uh, let me give you the synopsis real quick, in this cautionary tale, three people struggle to preserve their identities as they come f as they form an eccentric love triangle within the fast-moving internet age so you have nat wolf wolf's character who obviously is in love with frankie and then link comes in and just kind of steals her heart and uh after a while it just starts to become really convoluted and and messy convoluted in the sense that just like there's a lot going on for them and it's happening all so fast that they don't really know exactly how to process it um overall i would say the performances in this movie were really what sold it for me some of the editing in the movie i thought was not very good they were they were really playing off of like 2010 plus youtube I feel like in, in certain editing parts with like emojis and also some of the editing made it like really hard to even see what was going on because like they would, I don't even know how to, they would just like this distort the image and stuff. So there's a lot that I, I really didn't like about it, but overall I would say that the the performances from the three main actors are really what carried this movie for me. Um, I loved Maya Hawk in this movie. I thought she was great. I liked her chemistry with both Jake and Link. Um, Andrew Garfield, of course, was fantastic in the movie, playing a very different character than he usually does. Um, and I really liked Nat Wolf in this movie. I haven't seen a whole lot of movies of his, but I really did enjoy him in this movie. He had this song that he was singing on stage in the movie that I just thought it was really beautiful, and uh, I wonder if they're going to release that on like Spotify or something, but probably not, because this is a kind of what you would call an indie movie. Um, it's not on any like streaming services or anything like that. You have to pay for it, um, so and it's not in theaters. So a lot of people probably aren't going to see this movie. But I wanted to talk about it because it piqued my interest with Andrew Garfield being in it and Maya Hawke. Um, Maya Hawke being the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. But yeah, I think she's a great actress. And I've liked what I've seen her in so far being Stranger Things. And then she was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which she wasn't in it for a whole, a whole lot. But, you know, she was still there. And I, I enjoyed seeing that. Especially since... It was a Quentin Tarantino film, and her mother was obviously in the Kill Bill films. Um, so that's probably how she got that job. But, yeah, overall, I would say I enjoyed the characters and the performances. Didn't like the editing. The story kind of just got convoluted after a while. And, um, I mean, there's things to enjoy about it, and there's a message to it. But overall, I think the message, the message kind of got lost somewhere along the way. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a terrible movie. And uh, I probably wouldn't watch it again. But 
yeah, there's my two cents on it. Uh, last movie I want to talk about is Wrath of Man. So, this movie stars Jason... Sorry, hiccups. This movie stars Jason Statham and uh, also has Hope McCallany. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, Jeffrey Donovan's in it. Oh, man. I I completely forgot that Jeffrey Donovan was uh, Michael Weston in Burn Notice. But once I saw him in here, I was just like, hey, Burn Notice. (laughs) Scott Eastwood's also in the movie. He's a very big actor right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, you got Josh Harnett, which I'm not familiar with, but he is is a pretty big character in this. He plays Boy Sweat Dave, which is just a terrible name. Jason Statham being a character called H, and then Holt McCallany playing Bullet. Um, But yeah, let me give you the synopsis here. Uh, The plot follows H, a cold and mysterious character working at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Los Angeles for each each week. Essentially, his son died during one of these truck robberies. He wasn't working for the company, but he was just kind of a bystander that ended up getting killed. And so Jason Statham is out for revenge against the people that robbed the truck and killed his son. So he gets a job at the company uh, where the truck was robbed. Um, And, yeah, he's playing the the long game with it. Oh, my God, I completely forgot Post Malone was in this. Yeah, he was in that for a minute. I was like, hey, Posty. But, um... Yeah, overall, I would say I really enjoyed this movie. Um, the action was great, and the story I thought was pretty good. Um, Jason Statham, as always, is a badass. But uh, I don't have too many complaints about the movie. It's also directed by Guy Ritchie, which he's a big director. But I don't have too many negative things about this movie, really. I mean... Um, the climax of it kind of felt a little anticlimactic, but I thought any of the heists in the films were pretty entertaining. The characters were very entertaining. Um, so yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's just a little, little bit underwhelming and uh, just a tad predictable. But overall, I still enjoyed it. I had fun with it. It's not an award worthy movie or anything by any means but it's a fun summer action movie and uh i would recommend watching it for that reason alone um would i watch this movie again Eh, maybe maybe i don't know i'm not like rushing back to watch it but i wouldn't be opposed to it if it were on and that's kind of my rating system is would i watch this movie again if not it was a it was a bad movie in my opinion or just like not a terrible movie, but not really my kind of movie. Um, and if I would watch it again, then that's obviously a good movie for me. And if I wouldn't be opposed to watching it again, it's kind of in the middle. And so for this movie, it's kind of in the middle. It has enough to enjoy about it. Um, 
I don't know, the story wasn't too complicated or anything like that. Um, but I would say that it's not really the best action movie. But it's better than uh, Without Remorse, for sure. Um, and I liked the whole Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison Blues um, being played at certain parts of, or a certain part of the film, and it's also in the trailer. So that's that's one of the reasons I was kind of attracted to it, just for the, the song they chose in the trailer. I used to be a really big Johnny Cash fan. I still am, but I don't really listen to him a whole lot uh, anymore. But that reminds me, I should watch Walk the Line and review that at some point. It's a really good movie. Forgot how good that movie was, too. Um, but yeah, there's all my reviews for movies this week, uh, as well as TV shows and a little bit of movie news. Um, I know that I haven't been completely on top of posting every single week. You know, sometimes, like, I just don't quite have the motivation, uh, to record these episodes. I have to be in the right kind of mood and mindset to really be able to talk in depth about these kinds of things. That's why some episodes sometimes are shorter and other episodes are longer, but, um, Last couple of episodes have been just shy of 30 minutes each, pretty much. Um, but this one should be probably over 30 minutes at this point. Maybe close to like 40 minutes even. Um, but yeah, next week I will be back to talk about Spiral. Or may- maybe not next week. Uh, we'll see. Probably, probably Wednesday is when I'll post again. Um, but yeah be talking about spiral the new book of saw movie with curse rock uh as well as whatever else comes out i know i'm going to see a movie with my mom called finding you it's a it's a romance movie honestly but it, it's a chick flick pretty much but to be honest uh chick flicks are kind of my guilty pleasure in a way like uh, about time is one of my favorite like uh I don't know. I don't want to say chick flick, but more of just like, you know, romance and, and shit like that. I'm okay with that, you know, to an, to a certain extent. I mean, there's certain ones that are just like, this is so fucking stupid. But there's ones out there that I find interesting. And with this movie, this girl and uh, this actor, this big actor, um, meet each other and then just kind of start to fall in love and they're having to deal with you know him being an actor and having all this attention and trying not to take away from his career while also trying to have a relationship with them and just yeah i don't know it sounded interesting to me and the trailer looked good so i'll be checking that out on saturday um i might also check out together together with Ed Helms, and I forget what the girl's name is in that. Um, but yeah, I'll be back next episode to talk about those and probably more. I uh, just don't exactly know what's coming out other than those two things. So um, yeah, that's it for this episode. Definitely over over 30 minutes at this point. Probably, probably a little bit longer of an episode, so I'm happy about that. But Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Pop Culture Podcast. Um, 
yeah, everybody stay safe, stay happy, go watch some movies and TV, and I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>